0: a special rebroadcast for the American Armed Forces and their allies. You're invited to drop in where the elite meet to eat, Duffy's Tavern. Hello, Duffy's Tavern, where the elite meet to eat, Archie mind is speaking, Duffy ain't here. Oh hello, Duffy. Tonight, uh, Adolph Margio. Adolph Margio. Well, you remember Theta Barrett? (laughs) Well, uh, Margio was a fashion plate when she was still a dish. (laughs) Yeah, he's a terrific guy, Duffy. Uh, Very suave, huh? Your wife says you're suave. Duffy, she means a big fat suave. Uh, you know who else is coming down here tonight, Duffy? Uh, that French dame, uh, Yvette. Yvette. Y-V-E-T-T-T-T-E. Yeah, she's a female chanteuse. Yeah. Yeah, she sings, too. Uh, huh? Duffy? Oh, well, Duffy, I gotta go now. You know, uh, Clancy the cop? Yeah, Flatfoot Clancy. Uh, well, the club he belongs to is having a meeting here tonight. The name of the club? The uh, Policeman's Tuesday Night Foot Bath and Discussion Club.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, Muncher is going to give a lecture on men's clothes. I'm uh, writing it for him. Yeah. I call it Men's Fashions Through the Ages, from the fig leaf to the BVD. <laughs> okay, well, I'll call you back, Duffy. <laughs> Uh, don't bother me, Eddie. i got to finish writing this lecture now. The well-dressed man must watch out how he garbs himself because he is always judged by his garbage. Uh, <laughs> since from time in memoriam... Now, Mr. Archer, just, just a minute. Uh, you writing a talk on men's clothes? Yeah. For Adolph Mongeau? Yeah. Excuse me. Eddie, to any other man, that would be an insult. Mm. To any other man, I'd apologize. Accept it. You talking about clothes. Look at you. Your hat's bashed in. There's a rip in your pants, gravy on your shirt, a hole in your socks. Well, Eddie, I'm wearing sports clothes. Uh, (laughs) Besides, there's underegure to, uh, look, too spick and spat. A man's clothes should have an air of... Carelessness. Uh, casual. Oh, yeah. That's why you look like a casualty? <laughs> right. Yeah, I've always been a snappy dresser, Already, When I was a kid, you know what the gang on the block used to call me? Archie the Fop. And why? Speech impediment? <laughs> no, because I was always so well-broomed. Always, uh, always first with the no styles. I remember I was the first guy in the block to come around with two-toned sneakers. Uh, and very fastidious, Eddie. I was the kind of a guy, you know, if my collar got dirty, I'd change the whole shape. <laughs> now, so, uh, just because I don't look like I'm standing in Taylor's window like a dummy...
1: The heart.
0: Oh. <laughs> well, Finnegan, Finnegan, uh, is your tailor's name Sam? So why, Arch? I think he made the pants too long. Uh, Finnegan, you can't even see your shoes. Well, I tell you the truth, I'm trying to hide my
1: shoes, Arch. Why? Well, I'm a little ashamed. Two of the buttons is missing.
0: <laughs> Finnegan, are you still wearing button shoes?
1: Well, Arch, I can't get new shoes on account of this rationing.
0: What's the matter? Ain't you got an 18 coupon?
1: Yeah, but what good is it? I wear a 12. <laughs>
0: look, Finnegan, that's got nothing to do with it You could have got your right size and taken your change in red tokens
1: yeah. <laughs> But
0: outside of the shoes, you look very nice, Finnegan That yeah. uh, bow tie, very smart
1: Don't get something I threw on
0: Yeah, Oh, it's very nice, goes with everything You could even wear a shirt with it <laughs> Hey, that's a very good idea. I, the, you're just the guy to help me with my problem. Uh, what's the problem, Finnegan? Oh, well, look. Someday I get a full-dress suit. Should I wear gold studs
1: or silver studs?
0: Uh, full-dress suit. Well, it all depends, Finnegan. On what? On how much they want to spend on you, funeral. know
1: <laughs> <Fionnual>? Who's that? <laughs> you are. Oh. Well... We all gotta go sometime.
0: <laughs> Look, Winnie, don't bother me now. Tell Adolph, mind you, your trouble when he gets
2: yeah, here, huh? Yeah, I will. Uh, say,
0: Archie. Uh, yeah, Miss Duffy.
2: Uh, what's this I hear about a new French singer coming down here?
0: So, what about it?
2: Oh, well, if you're gonna hire a singer, what's wrong with my singing?
0: Just two things, Miss Duffy. And they're both adenoids.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well. Don't say I didn't warn you, Archie. Papa hates French chanteuses.
0: Eh, he don't like nothing unless it's an Irish tenor. You play a Caruso record to him, you gotta tell him it's John McCormick. That dopey, stupid duffy.
2: Now, just a second, Archie. Don't forget, that stupid as he is, you are talking to my father's own flesh and blood.
0: Hmm, granted, but why does he have to have such a maniac over Irish tenors?
2: Ah, because he's sentimental. Such a sweet old softy. You should see him when there's an Irish tenor singing on the radio. He melts. I have even seen him stop hitting Mama till the song was over. <laughs> yeah, and he's right, because the Irish are the best singers in the world.
0: Now, wait a minute. That's a very broad statement. Don't forget that there are Russians and other creeds who are uh, pretty good singers, too. What about Tolstoy? <laughs> uh,
2: well, yes, Tolstoy. Uh, But that's only one case. What about Gallicurchy?
0: What about Gallicurchy?
2: Well, wasn't he a great singer?
0: Well, certainly Gallicurchy was a great singer.
2: And where did Gallicurchy come from? From Italy. Well, Italy is not Russia, is it? No. Well, there you are.
0: (laughs) There I am where, Miss Duffy?
2: Well, if Italy is not Russia and Gallicurchy came from Italy, how can you say that Tolstoy is a better singer than the Irish?
0: Would you mind playing that back again? No, you better not. Look, Miss Duffy, I didn't say that Tolstoy is a better singer than the Irish.
2: All right. Go ahead. Go ahead and get a Russian. Go get Gallacherti.
0: <laughs> if I did get Gallacherti, your old man would want him to sing Wee Wee McCree.
2: Archie, the name of the song is Wee Wee Mother McCree. <laughs>
0: Eddie, I gotta get this lecture finished for right out, mind you. Hey, hey, wait a minute. Who's that lovely dish coming in, Eddie? I think that's that French singer you expecting, Miss Yvette. Oh, what a hunk of French pastry. <laughs> uh, good evening, chérie, mademoiselle. Uh, leave me bid you Besseme mucho.
3: <laughs> merci, monsieur. Well,
0: the merci is mutual. Uh, <laughs> who's our tres revisor?
3: Vous êtes uh, gentil, monsieur. Où avez-vous appris parler le français?
0: Oui.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Monsieur n'a pas compris ma question.
0: Oui. (laughs) Parlez-vous français?
3: Très bien, monsieur.
0: I bet you make me feel right at home.
3: Why? Are you French?
0: A part. Only a small part, of course. Uh,
3: Hmm. Was your mother French?
0: My mother was French, yeah.
3: And your father? i
0: French, too. Oh. Well, then,
3: uh, why are you only part French?
0: Well, we were a very large family. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but...
1: <laughs>
0: I was brought up talking French, you know. Remember, I was 15 years old before I learned to say hot dog instead of crepe Suzette. Are you
3: the manager of this tavern?
0: Yeah, I'm Archie, the Made of D.
3: Excuse me, Mrs. Vett.
0: Who are you? I'm Eddie, the waiter, D. The... Eddie, please. One does not interrupt a tea to tea unless one wants uh, all of one's teeth knocked out. <laughs> yeah, but the customers would like to hear Miss Yvette sing. Oh, uh, Mademoiselle uh, Yvette, uh, volley uh, shanty us a small shanty? Uh, Monsieur Venuti. We oui, art. Uh, <laughs> uh, see, vous uh, play a number for Mademoiselle Yvette? Okay, fellas. Attention, Food. Hey,
1: go <laughs>
3: <laughs> Cathedral bells were tolling and our hearts sang on. Was it the spell of Paris or the London Door? Who knows? When we shall meet again But when the morning
1: chimes
3: Ring sweet again In every lovely summer's day In everything that's light and gay I'll always think of you that way I'll find you in the morning sun And when the night is new I'll be looking at the moon But I'll be seeing you summer's day In everything that's light and gay I'll always think of you that way I'll find you in the morning sun And when the night is new I'll be looking at the moon but I
0: Ah, that was crazy, but You know, we ought to have a dame like that singing the joint regulator. You know, she could have packed the French crowd. Yeah, she's already. She's already doing it. you come Mr. Adolph Manjou now. Well, Adolph. Yeah. Well, Mr. Manjou, uh, Duffies is indeed proud to welcome a man of your distinguished haberdashery. Uh, <laughs> And furthermore, it is with, uh, humble hospitability that we, uh, our our extendedations to your August, uh, presence amidst these circular glooms. Uh, what is this, a filibuster? Uh, what's a filibuster? Well, it's a speech about nothing made by a guy who knows all about it. Hmm. <laughs> Imagine meeting Adolph you in person. You know, I never missed, uh, one of your pictures. Well, it's nice to meet one of the paying public... Well, you didn't make much off of me, you know. During most of your career, I got in for half price.
1: (laughs) Archie.
0: Archie, please. Never mind... uh, Never remind an actor of his age. It's tough enough to face the fact that I'm nearing 39. 39. What is this, your second time around? (laughs) Uh, I, I... Uh, can I ask him that question oh, now? Oh, yeah, Mr. Yeah. Uh, Margell, uh, this is Clifton Finnegan. He, uh, he has a problem. I'll say he has.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Mr. Margell, uh, here is my problem. The when I get my full dress suit, uh, should I wear gold studs or silver
0: studs? Well, you know, that varies according to the taste of the undertaker. <laughs>
1: undertaker, that's just what Archie said. To, Mr. Manchu, this full-dress suit is going to be for me
0: wedding. A wedding? Yeah. Well, is it an afternoon or an evening affair? Oh, I expect
1: it to last longer than
0: that. <laughs> just a second, Finnegan. When are you getting married?
1: Oh, just as soon as I get the license.
0: Well, congratulations. Where, where did you get the girl? Don't they give you that with the license? <laughs> And thank you, Clifton Finnegan. <laughs> hey, uh... hey, Dolph, uh, talking about clothes, uh, that's a nice-looking suit you got on there. Buy it new? No, no. No, I had it made. Yeah, you have to have it made, huh? I don't. I just walk into a store, put on a 38 suit, have the sleeves lengthened, lengthen the pants, take in the waist, pad the shoulders, reset the buttons, and walk right out with a suit a perfect 38. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) I have to have mine made. I guess I'm just a misfit. Yeah, I guess you're huh? Well, uh, the one you look, uh, the one you got on there looks pretty good. Uh, How do you get that nice, sharp crease in the pants? Well, I have a smooth mattress. Yeah. (laughs) I use a damp cloth and a hot rock. Uh, what do you use for a damp cloth? That uh, shirt you're wearing? Well, I was just waiting for you to notice this shirt. Uh, how do you like it? It's lovely. What color was it? I don't remember, but it's nice material. Beautiful material. Feel it. Mm-hmm. Uh, broad cloth. Yeah. Yeah, but what's the difference? It's a man's style. <laughs> I said in the lecture I was well, writing here. Well, well, if it is me old friend Archie. Well, Officer Clancy, uh, excuse me a minute, Tom. I'll be right with you. Clancy, I ain't seen flat in the foot of you in weeks. <laughs> Glad to see you. Well, it's lucky I am to be here. What do you mean? Well, this morning I was on duty, taking a little nap in the back room over at Grogan's, uh-huh. when a terrible thing happened. What happened? Grogan's kid sneaked me black sack out of me pocket and hit me over the head with it. Oh, gee, that could be serious, Clancy. It was. It broke every cigar in me hat. (laughs) Oh, I'm glad you're here. What about the rest of the cops in the club? Are they coming? Of course. Uh, How many? Sixteen of them just came in through the back entrance. What other way? Uh, Uh, sixteen. I I thought there was going to be nineteen. Well, a few of the boys couldn't show up. You see, the commissioner has ordered a drive against Bookie. And the boys are busy placing some last-minute bets. Uh. Uh, Well, Archie... When are you starting your lecture? Well, I mean, uh... uh Say, Archie, I-, I have to be running along now. But, Adolf, you can't go now. You can't get the lecture. Well, what lecture? A lecture on clothes that you're going to give to the cops. I wrote it for you. You wrote a lecture on clothes? For me? Look, Adolf, uh, maybe I look like a bit of a slob now, but uh, remember the old pervert. But, uh, the hole in a man's pants is not the window to his soul. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? No, definitely no. No. Mm -hmm. Uh, Archie, Archie, let me handle this. Uh, Mr. Minju, is that your automobile outside? Yes. Parked next to the hydrant? Next to the hydrant? My car's parked at least 20 feet from the hydrant. Okay, we'll move the hydrant unless you would like to proceed with the lecture. And your point is well taken. Where's the speech? Well, uh, uh, have you looked over that lecture that I wrote? Yes, Arch. Well, tell me, uh... What do you think of it? It would take the heart out of Shaftner and Marx. <laughs> that is a very corny insult. Now, uh, I write him, you just read him. Read the lecture. Now, Clancy, uh, start the meeting, will you? Okay, Archie. Here we go. <whistles> the meeting of the policeman's Tuesday night foot bath and discussion club will now come to order. I now present Mr. Adolph Alstminju. No record. <laughs> Uh, gentlemen, uh, leave us begin our discourse appertaining to men's sartoriality. Archie, sartoriality. Yeah, men's clothes. What'd you think it was? A barber shop? A <laughs> uh, Mm-hmm. The first clothes that was known to primitive man was loincloth. But loincloth was difficult to get because loins is very ferocious beasts. <laughs> They, uh, they do not stand still while you take off their cloth. <laughs> so, uh, primitive man was dressed very naked until the invention of the sheep. The skin of the sheep is very valuable. From the outside we get wool, and from the inside we get diplomas. <laughs> Archie. Archie, this is abominable. Yeah, but you ain't come to the best part. Continue. <laughs> well... The uh, greatest step in clothing was the invention of the cotton gin machine. A machine for removing the gin from cotton. (laughs) Well, previously, on account of the cotton being full of this gin, it was good for nothing. But after Eli Whitney's invention, cotton became the equal of wool, which never touched the stuff. (laughs) Archie, where do you get your facts? Research. I dreamed them up. (laughs) Go ahead. Go ahead. And now we come to chapter two, proper dress for policemen. Foot patrolmen should have their shoes stretched so they are large and comfortable. Mounted uh, patrolmen will require other adjustments. Stop it, men, you! You're a bum! What's the matter, Clancy, you and... bum? Why, the man that wrote that lecture should be thrown in jail. Who is the culprit? Uh, wait a minute, not a minute, not a word, uh, Adolf. Let's stick together. Uh, neither one of us wrote it, Clancy. Uh, it was wrote by an expert. Who's the expert? Let me at him. Let me at him. Well, we ain't sure, Clancy, but uh, I think I know how I can find out. Uh, I would like to ask the assembled crowd here one interesting question. When wearing a full-dress suit, does one wear gold studs or silver studs? the time's on
1: the taste of your undertaker. Here's your
0: man, Clancy. Take him away. do
1: nothing.
0: Before we leave Duffy's, leave us put a couple of nickels in Duffy's jukebox. The platter's spinning, the needle comes down, it's music.